Um, <clears throat> assuming you're all set. Yeah, I'm right. Awesome. All right. Well, beginning the actual podcast in three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Justin. Justin, how you doing, man? I'm pretty good. How you doing, Steve? I, I don't know if you remember me. I used to be on this podcast all the time. Yeah, I think uh, I think I saw you in some of the older episodes. Uh, who's this Justin fella? Yeah, um, exactly. Let's just, I mean, without rehashing the last hour and a half conversation we had offline, I mean, you want to give us a quick spiel of, of where you've been? I mean, at least on the podcast scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said uh, earlier, I uh, I just got a little burnt out with, with Dodgeball. I think I needed to take a little step back in terms of talking about it. I definitely didn't stop watching Dodgeball or like looking at it. And, you know, I had a bunch of ideas that I really wanted to do in terms of Dodgeball, especially for the podcast. And I just, uh, I got super busy with work. I got super busy with family and uh, renovating our apartment. It just, I couldn't really bring myself to take on like in the fourth thing to do every day uh, and so i just need to take a step back um but now the dog was starting back up it, you, and especially like now after talking to you for the past hour offline uh you start to get the itch again you're like uh, maybe i could do this again right yeah that's uh i feel bad because I, I i i've been saying okay now that i'm back on track i'm going to be a lot more consistent with the episodes um and then I disappear for like two weeks because of army stuff and just trying to balance my, my new life, I guess. And, um, kudos to Sergio, man, for still keeping us going, man, by pumping out all these episodes. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. So he's definitely, uh, I can't believe every week, every week I get another email that he's posted another video, another pod, podcast or a, or a third or a second podcast a week. And, you know, you know, I'm still part of the Facebook page and, you know, there's like people requesting to be part of the group constantly. And it's pretty amazing that he's kept this thing going on his own and, definitely kudos to Sergio. I, I really think it's pretty amazing. Yeah. One keeps finding people wanting to talk about it. And it is also amazing how many people around the world are listening to this podcast and want to talk on the podcast. So I think it's pretty cool. And somehow freaking mastermind Sergio knows them all or is connected to them all in some, some capacity. Yeah. Or he's just willing to just to send Facebook invites to people and just be like, Hey, do you want to talk about dodgeball? There's that which, too. Is, which is to a skill to its own as well. Yeah, well, I definitely, uh, I mean, I think the last episode that I was on before I left was, was February 2021, obviously deployed, came back, and then, um, you know, been easing into the dodgeball scene, like, just even trying to play, and then I think it was after round three for me in Seattle where I'm like, hell yeah, I totally missed all of this. Um, I, I, I finally trusted my body to to play dodgeball if that makes sense because I, I guess i got really like just well you if you don't play it it's a diminishing skill let alone like definitely the muscles that are used to doing weird stuff they're not used to doing it anymore i remember like almost getting injured playing in a in a tournament in kuwait um that, that we won because you know no one knows how to play dodgeball out there but I, I almost blew my knee out i was like oh man it's gonna be a long road back back into the to the game let alone the mental aspect, you know, we talked about offline how, you know, there's only so much like, so, um, how's the pandemic treating you? What, how, if you throw any yeah, balls at people, exactly. what, what I think you said, so many hypotheticals, but, um, you know, I, I was thinking as you were saying in, in the intro, um, some of the projects that you had in mind, um, you know, it's, it's 
August. Um, we've got Worlds coming up in a couple weeks. And then we've got uh, Nationals coming up in October. We've got FDC in November. So I think, you know, towards the end of the year, we can start looking at maybe picking up some of those things again and, and kind of getting back to the momentum we had, you know, just before uh, February 2021. But, you know, we'll see. But baby steps. Um, one of the things I want to do is just kind of, you know, shoot the shoot the dodgeball you know crap with you uh even though i'm, I'm allowing swear words i can't do them and just see how it's been for you i mean we can, we can kind of go back and forth with me in the west but uh you know what was how, how's playing been for you playing's been good it, you know i think i think the best thing uh for me was really just like you know seeing everyone again and getting like these you know these all these friends you sort of forget you have like this huge group of friends that you just didn't get to see all that you were consistently seeing, you know, three, four, five, six, ten, you know, seven times a year at different tournaments. And those all sort of stopped for two years and being able to go back to an event where everyone was together, throw ball, you know, you're throwing balls at each other, but it is really nice to see people and, and talk to people and check in on how they're doing and hear about what's going on in their lives. And, you know, also like some people have done like massive transformations in terms of losing weight and, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I know like there's a bunch of people on the East coast that have done it. Uh, I saw a bunch of people on the West coast have done it. I think that's pretty amazing. All the things those people have done. Uh, so that, that's the best for me. That's the best part. Like playing basketball is, is undeniably amazing, but seeing all these people that you, you have as friends and, you know, hearing about what's going on in their lives and, you know, I think it's probably the best part. So. Yeah. It dawned on me when I went to, uh, round three in Seattle, like the, in, you know, it, it feels like it didn't feel like a long time had passed. I had to remind myself, like I hadn't seen Lucas in like two years. And it's so crazy to look back on those past two years, because for me, you know, the pandemic was, I still worked, I was still part of the board of mission. And then I started getting ready to mobilize. So it flew by for me. And then obviously mm -hmm. being completely removed from everything, you know, occupied with other things, um, for you, I mean, you mentioned like your, your company really blew up. Um, it, it's hard to remember, like, I've not seen this person. I've not played against this person in like little, little to more than two years. Like that, that blew my mind actually. Yeah. Especially considering they took the year off, they're taking the year off from playing anything but phone too. So they're not traveling, but they didn't travel for rounds one or two. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. Cause they weren't there. Um, rainbows was, but not, uh, not fortune and no fortune. I believe Fortune basically decided we're just going to play foam. Uh, I know that, I guess they did play no sting for round three, but from my understanding is Lucas basically said if foam is the only ball I'm going to play and that's what he's focusing on. And I, I have to say that like, I was really happy for everyone who made the foam team, but I was like, so happy for Lucas. Like I wrote him a big message. Uh, I was like, I would have been actually like, I think I probably would have been one of those trolls who really wrote some really bad emails to Jake if, if Lucas didn't make the team. I was, <laughs> I was so invested in him making the team. Yeah. Uh, just because I, I really love that guy. I think he's the, like arguably one of the nicest people I've met in dodgeball. He, he writes really like thoughtful mo messages for like, you know, like we, my wife and I bought our apartment. We posted like a stupid picture about, you know, having a 30 year mortgage. And he wrote like this big long email to me or big long message to me. Just out of the blue, you know, like congratulating us, just, you know, somebody who I played dodgeball with, like 
I think I've met him in person like four times. It's just crazy. Uh, but I was like totally invested in him making the USA team. And I was so happy he made the team. And, you know, obviously he's the captain now. So it probably was a foregone conclusion, conclusion that he was going to make it. But so, yeah, he, I think that that's kind of really cool. I'm going to take this opportunity to, to tell my, my Lucas love story too, because, um, while I was away, um, he wrote me letters like, um, my, my amicable ex-girlfriend Lisa reached out um, to some folks and got them to do like this like time release letter thing. So so they emailed her like stuff to open on my on day one, stuff to open on you know day thirty, stuff to open on my birthday, et cetera, et cetera. And Lucas was mm-hmm. in every single one. I'm like, I can't believe this guy actually took the time to do this for me. And that was really awesome of him. And he was he was talking me up like he was you know made me blush. I was like well goddamn man like i, I kind of can't wait to go back home now and actually get back into to dodgeball because it's for me when i left i was like okay boom i'm in 100 percent commander mode all i care about is the mission and, and my guys and bringing everybody home safely and i couldn't care less about what's going on back home occasionally i would try to tune in just to kind of reconnect and not be completely um disassociated with with what you guys are doing and um but yeah no he kind of kind of forged that like that emotional tether i guess to dodgeball and that was that's really cool so if, lucas if you're listening to this i know i've thanked you in person but uh thanks again for doing that and just for being a a stellar guy man and that that's that's what i am really happy to to be seen as hopefully what we're coming back to you know as normal you know we kind of i talked to you offline about how my round one experience was mm-hmm. and <laughs> So funny because me and Sergio did a precap and we're, you know, picking like, oh yeah, Rise is going to take it. And then, you know, we're probably going to see some crazy. Even show up. Yeah. And like half the teams we talked about are gone. We're like, oh man, um, there's a lot of changes. And that's, that's kind of yeah. why I've been so hesitant about the, uh, about doing recast because I just can't mentally get around who's who. Um, what was, what was round one for you? Like, was there a lot of like not culture shock? Yeah. But so I, mean... I think it definitely less teams was, I guess the, the obvious difference between pre-pandemic to post-pandemic. I think <clears throat> pre-pandemic East was averaging about 20-ish teams for open. Yeah. Uh, I think around one, I think it was 11 or 12. I know this coming weekend uh, is round three, and I think it's 13 open teams, and maybe 15 co-ed teams, I think is the number I had heard. Um, so yeah, I mean... I, I sort of thought we would have about a 30 to 40 percent, I don't know, 20 to 30 percent loss in terms of people that, you know, aged out, lost interest, uh, teams sort of reshuffled. Maybe I, you know, I don't really have a group of people that I'm going to join. I'm not sure I'm going to play now. Uh, so that was the most obvious thing. And then, you know, clearly rust. And then uh, the East is, I mean, as, as Arkham has shown, I think, I mean, Anarchy has shown they are clearly the cream of the crop in terms of, especially 8.5. I think probably also, I think No Sting of Foam is different, but in terms of 8.5, they're definitely the cream of the crop. Uh, And they, I don't think they lost in round robin. Maybe they lost in round robin, but they ended up winning the tournament, which I wasn't surprised. The one thing was, they were up 3-0 on Shred, and then it went to no block. And Shred was able to come back to make it 
in no block it was the first time i sort of saw anarchy panic just shred was able to speed the game up they were able to get quicker shots and it just seemed like anarchy was a little bit out of their comfort zone so that was kind of interesting to see happen hmm. uh but they ended up winning in the long run so you know it wasn't like totally shocking um but that was the the big takeaway uh the east is definitely i felt like we were like five or six seven teams deep before the pandemic and i think now it's sort of like four teams deep depending sort of on how clutch mode what team clutch mode brings i know clutch mode ended up winning round two but uh krista hates who's played with them and he's actually on anarchy and then i think tim bethard and will bethard both played with them but they're on other teams that weren't there this that tournament uh so i'm not sure where clutch really falls when they have their full team um and then i think it's like a clear shred in anarchy at the top and then go arkham and clutch are sort of bringing up the next three spots and i think before the pandemic there was you know team awesome was there there just was a, a, like a more depth to the east mm. and it seemed like there was less depth we had like three teams that had never played the turn never played before at round two um so they sort of were it was great to see new teams and i think they had fun and but it's a little bit of lambs of the fodder when you like never played in a premier league tournament and you're going against teams that have all played premier league tournaments before so that was difficult for those people for round two but it's still fun i mean there's still nothing really better than a, a whole day of dodgeball with a bunch of people that you get to you know play a sport that we all love and enjoy and uh, I do love the new format of timed games. I don't love no blocking in playoffs, but I do like the timed events, and I like that the tournament basically takes exactly as long as they want it to take. Um, I well, I really thought I wasn't going to like the new format of the twenty minute or the the timed events, but I really do think it actually makes it a lot better. Uh, I don't know how you felt about it. Yeah, I was actually going to kind of veer into the the transition from, you know, Elite Dodgeball to Premier and I feel like you know, the hopefully the teams will grow, people will start slowly come back into dodgeball, they'll practice, we'll get used to, hey, this is this is back again. So I'm going to train for mm-hmm. 2023 and uh yeah, because because I, I want to say the caliber is still there um in some capacity. It's just like you said, kind of jumbled. It just depends on who's playing with who. But eventually, I think we'll see some more consistency, and I think we'll have a really strong 2023. 2022 being kind of like, a, okay, we're all collectively shaking the cobwebs up and making room for dodgeball, but also contending you know, with the recession and travel and all this other crap. But um, in terms of like style, I, I like the, the timed um, matches because it, it really shows, a, it gives you a chance to, you know, um, because I hate to say this because it's probably my team some of the time, but like, you know, you get a chance to score a lot of points on, on lesser teams. So you, you get a chance to actually do more than just, um, you know, how many two out of three wins did we get versus the, the other, the other team? Like, no, this guy, this team has this amount of wins. So I think that's great. I think from a, a expectation time management perspective, obviously that's great. Um, I don't mind no blocking. Um, 
I feel like that's a great way to just speed up the game because um, as a spectator, it, it can kind of get kind of not boring. And maybe that's not the right answer, uh, but that's just how I feel. It's like, oh, okay, cool. It's no blocking. Like it, it, it's going to get crazy. Um, it does suck yeah. when you're that guy that like blocks when, cause you can't fight that habit and you get out in such a silly way, but I, I don't mind it. Um, I thought it was going to be really, I think I don't like it cause we lost, we were up three, one oh. against clutch and, uh, went no blocking and then they won the next three games and we lost the finals. So mm. I may be a little salty because of that. <laughs> uh, I and it may be it. a little personal choice. Uh, but that's just my personal feeling towards it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love, I love the timing. The thing that I also loved was, you know, I don't know if it was, I think, I think it's going to Joe Coelho's system of, of putting everything into a, an Excel spreadsheet and it just pumping out the, the results. But the, the time difference from when the last round robin ends to when playoff starts was like, I don't know. It Fast, seems right? like an hour difference. Yeah. It was like playoff round robin ended and playoff started. Whereas I feel like it used to be like, all right, let's all sit around for like 45 minutes while we figure out who, how this, the rankings are. And then we'll start again. And, you know, as a, an elder member of dodgeball, nothing kills my, my ability to play like sitting for 45 minutes waiting to see who you're going to play. Uh, so going right back into, into playoffs was great. And I, I just, I really like the, the new format. I like the timed aspect of it. I just, uh, I didn't like no blocking, but I think that's probably because we lost. Yeah. Had we won, I probably wouldn't feel so bad about it. You'd be like, yeah, no blocking is great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, uh, I'm laughing at myself because remember during round one after I think we play, I think we played rubber first. And that was done. I was like, okay, I've got like an hour to, to, you know, relax and chill and stretch. And next thing I know, oh. like I barely even started eating. And then it was like, okay, no seems to be. I'm like, what, <laughs> like, what do you, what do you mean we're up? Um, so again, kudos to time management sure that that puts a lot of, um, takes a lot of pressure off, off Jake and the event hosts and, um, freaking Joe Coella, man, leave it to him to implement the, I think I call it the Coella, Coella, 2000. Back in 2019, yeah. when he was, when I saw him, like he, he kind of showed me like an under the hood. This is what he's working on, kind of thing. Yeah, he's been t he's been talking about it for a while. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So it's nice that it's finally in implemented. I mean, we finished. I don't know how the West Coast ones, but you know, we used to finish, you know, two rounds, open and co-ed before the pandemic. You'd be finishing at like 9:30, 10 o'clock, I feel like, and we were done with both rounds before six o'clock. Now, admittedly, we had. You know, less teams so there's less rounds and less games but there was no it was so much quicker and so much more consistently like okay you're on okay you're off you're on you're on like it just there wasn't as much of the waiting and and not and sort of not understanding where you're going i mean the new speaker system which I, you know instead of mark walking around with a bullhorn it just all it all worked better I, yeah I, it was weird for round two that jake wasn't there but jake was still there on the, on the recording and, you know, counting down five, four, three, two, one. Uh, cause he pre-records like his voice for everything, which I thought was sort of funny. Smart. I mean, I guess works. you guys have, you guys have Jake for all the rounds, but for us, we only had him for round one, but in round two, it's like pre-recorded Jake. So he's, he's there in, in uh digital form. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, well, round three was a little bit different cause obviously it was in Seattle and that, that, pretty much took out a lot of the um traditional west teams like a lot of arizonans were gone a lot of um la san diego what have you 
but I remember like being done with the entire day. Is it just too expensive for a lot of those people or is it just too far? Or was think, there a reason why a lot of those guys finished? I think the biggest thing was just, it was expensive. Um, flights have just, you know, skyrocketed in the, in the last yeah. couple of months. And then, um, I think also a lot of, uh, the team USA players were just, they, they had to choose between that or are they going to go to practice and, you know, just, I think it just really came down to, to money, but, um, for you, it's cool because we, we were, the whole thing was done by like 6 p.m. And, uh, you know, I had like the rest of my evening to do absolutely nothing, which is fine. But uh, it was cool. I was just like, oh, you get some of your time back and still feel like you played a lot of dodgeball. And, and um, you know, kudos to, to that. I'm, I'm really curious how Nationals is going to be run. Um, but I did want to go back to what, what are your thoughts on the single eliminations? I, I feel like that obviously has a huge impact, too, in time so as well. So we still had sing- we had single elimination before the pandemic. Are you sure? That hasn't changed, or am I totally wrong? I'm yeah. pretty sure we had single. I thought we had one year before the pandemic where we did the the seven game system single elimination. See, you might be right, but I'm also I almost I kind of disagree with you. Let me um. There, so I could go either. Honestly, I could go either way with it. There's something about double elimination that I love. I love the idea that you can get knocked out and you can sort of like strap your boots on and fight your way back in. Yep. Uh, but I also do love the seven game system and just be like, listen, you didn't win, you're out. You know, like that's just the way playoffs are. You know, you don't you don't get to have a bad game and then you know come back and still win it. Uh, so I think it's a little bit more in line with like major sports. You know, you don't really ever see like a double elimination NBA playoffs. Uh, no, but you see but best. It, well, it, yeah, you're right. Yeah. My bad. It's, it's best of seven. Uh, there's no like you get knocked out and come back in. True. Um, so I think it falls in line a little bit more in like terms of major sports. But there was something fantastic about, you know, getting knocked out and fighting your way back up. You know, playing you know twice as many matches as the guy who you know, went all the way through the finals on the, on the winner side. And then, you know, having to beat them twice in the finals, um, which is always super exciting. Uh, so I don't know, you lose a little bit of that excitement, but there's, you know, those seven game matches, those seven game matches are super exciting. And, you know, like you said, now throwing in the no blocking aspect where I feel like if it does go seven, it's pretty hard to finish a game, a match that's going seven that doesn't go to no block um, in the, you know, especially when you have those high high level teams, in the, low, in the sort of earlier rounds, I think you probably could play quicker matches because there's quicker matches. But when you get to the finals, and you have the two best teams in the tournament playing, if they get to a seventh match, there's no way it hasn't been taken 20 minutes, and there it's going to be no blocking. And it does it does change this whole aspect of strategy. Um, and I wonder, I wonder if teams will start to practice you know, different ways of how to play with no blocking because it is a totally different style. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It does, it adds this whole other aspect of strategy, I think, to the, to the match. So maybe you've just convinced me that no blocking is kind of interesting. <laughs> Excellent. I may have convinced myself. <laughs> um, so I looked into East Recap 2020 document and it definitely says single elimination. So, I'm pretty sure when we had nationals in in Austin, it was a seven game series. 
Why is this 2020 though? It doesn't make sense. Bulls Nation. Because 2020 is pre is is the last term is the last term is before pandemic. There was that one. There was that one South round, right? Oh yeah. No, I guess you're right. Because uh, so I'm looking at round two. Um, this is when we had, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, Anarchy, DMV, Precision, Space Cadets, Clutch Mode, Bloom, Goat, Tigers, Impact, Aftershock, Arkham, Olympus, KTC, Bulls, Zero. So this, this had it's to... crazy. You've, re- you've just listed off like seven teams that are no longer teams. Exactly. Like yeah, Aftershock, no, Aftershock, Bloom. Read that again. DMV. DMV still played. So Aftershock, Bloom. Um, let's see. Impact, Anarchy, Zero. So Impact is rebranded. Zero is gone. Anarchy is still there. Goat, obviously. Yeah. <clears throat> Precision, Arkham, Taken, Tigers, Clutch Mode. Yeah, Taken gone. Tigers gone. Bulls. Clutch Mode still there. Bulls gone. Mountain Olympus. It's like one out of every other team. I think, you know, I think we lost seven or eight teams. And, you know, some of those teams actually, I guess, combined, you know, like, Impact and KTC sort of combined and made a new team. Uh, I guess parts of Taken joined Go. Uh, so, you know, there was the sort of consolidation that happens in, you know, every year. But there was also just sort of the, the ancillary parts that sort of got taken that normally sort of then usually those other parts sort of join and take sort of create a new team as well or, or you know, recreate, you know, that one of those teams that sort of parts were taken off and that's where i don't think that's what didn't happen you know when pieces joined another team that other team those other players sort of just were like well i'm gonna maybe stop playing dodgeball right and that's what sort of i think that was the biggest difference between at least in in the east i don't know i think you know there were some ancillary part you know like obviously heat sort of disbanded but like vince and sean joined thieves um and i I don't know what, I guess Rise just stopped playing and is anyone from Rise, uh, Tim's, Tim joined, what is Ketchum's new team called? Hex? Uh, I th- yes, I think for no sting. I don't, I don't know about 8.5. Yeah. So, you know, same sort of thing, but just, it seems like when pieces sort of got taken, those teams sort of disappeared. Like most opposed to years before where sort of, they would sort of just re, you know, people would come together and sort of start a new team. So we'll see. My hope is, you know, 2023, some of the people start coming back. We get an influx. I mean, I would hope there's an influx of players playing dodgeball. I I mean, Jeff Giovinco just did a backflip and it was the, the top play on sports center for like a week. So you would think, I would hope that people are seeing that and going, huh, when maybe I could play dodgeball or where, you know, maybe there's a local league in my neighborhood that I could join and, you know, maybe they'll, they'll start to come out for that. I mean, it's gotta be good press in terms of the world of dodgeball. So. Yeah, let's, um, so real quick, you were right. 2019, I, I pulled up West round two recap 2019. So that's twice now. It was single elimination, so that's not new. So my bad. Um, I was just thrown off because the last, the East recap that I pulled up was dated 2020. So I don't know if I just 
pulled up something from another freaking universe or what happened there or if it was if i went into that document for some reason back in 2020 to edit it but um that was bothering me but um let's talk about the the sports center clip so that was uh that was awesome to see it was awesome to see that it's it's our guys you know people that we play with it's not just some random you know person doing something dumb that's you know that was a legitimate usa dodgeball sanctioned event these are the usa all-stars like i feel like there's a lot of opportunity there uh yeah and also in terms of production it was the highest level of production like it was multiple cameras it was it was commentated uh, and it was the best players in the country playing you know foam and it looked awesome and there was a crowd there and people were into it and uh, you know it felt like Maybe I don't know if that crowd had come to dodgeball or had seen dodgeball before, but it definitely looked like they were into dodgeball after they finished. And, you know, every time they showed the crowd, they sort of were in wow moments. And, uh, you know, the new USA jerseys looked good on everybody and everyone looked, you know, to the nines in terms of uh, quality and and dress. And, you know, I, I, I loved it. And the fact that, you know, it was on ESPN, it's, pretty amazing i mean i know it was the ocho but it's still espn and it made sports center the next day so it carries over for me what i thought was wild you know personal i have thrown balls at jeff's older brothers and i've seen them both throw backflips at me so it was cool to see the younger brother do the same thing that the older brothers had done for like the past 10 years yep. and i know matt and jeff had both been on usa teams but they didn't you know they never got the the publicity that their younger brother did. I thought that was pretty awesome um, to sort of see it carry over. Sort of, sort of a throw back to his brothers, but also him doing it himself. It's pretty amazing. Um, that kid's a freak. The, um, yeah, speaking of the the Geo brothers, uh, got to play with Drew a few times while he was down here in Arizona and Cactus mm-hmm. during open gym. That was that was fun. I'm like, man, I've known this guy since like 2014, maybe, maybe prior to that actually, 2012. And, uh, you know, here we are playing 10 years later and, um, it just kind of shows like the, the friendships that, that forge over dodgeball. But then, yeah, going back to the, the clip, um, yeah, I, and I don't want to take away from when dodgeball aired in the Ocho four years ago, but you know, without getting too into the negative, negative aspect, the USA dodgeball is what, you know, I'm happy to see finally representing dodgeball. So when people, come to the website hopefully if they you know if they want to try check it out they're going to go to the right area they're not going to go to whatever the hell u.s dodgeball was um mm-hmm. but have you read was, the comments it was also different that u.s dodgeball one was i don't know it wasn't filmed as well it wasn't put on by you know espn didn't film it so it wasn't or maybe they did film i don't know but it just didn't have the same quality and and polish this one did you know the usa logo was on the court it just looked great. I mean, there was, I mean, I'm sure Jake put hundreds and sure. I've not just Jake, you know, the whole team of people that are on us, you know, Brendan, I don't know who else is on, on that team of people, but I'm sure they all put thousands of hours of time, you know, getting that to go off as well as it did. And it, I know they had some travel issues and some people missed, but it, it looked great. And I think it was a really good representation for USA dodgeball. Yeah, no, it's definitely a big win, and and that's the thing. But prior, you know, U.S. dodgeball is all about the opportunity, which has been the history of this one individual, 
since the NDL days. It's all about that cash grab, that opportunity. Like I'm going to step in. I am the the brand of Dodgeball, mm-hmm. which is not the case. And then you see the difference, and you know we're seeing it now. Like I was on the Facebook uh, Facebook threads yesterday or this morning, um, watching the flipping because I'm curious what other people are saying. You're going to get your typical like. Pfft, Oh, that was totally unnecessary, or you know that throw wasn't necessary. But you also get like some really cool comments, like, "Yo, that was freaking cool," or "That was like the best sports play I've I've seen in a long time," or "This is why Sports Center should exist." And so that's really cool. It's it's cool seeing, yeah. You know, and you get the the occasional, "Oh, if you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball," like you know, patches of Hulahan yeah. gifts. But you're starting to see a change in how dodgeball is perceived. It's no longer like. Oh, I played this in high school. It's like people are just commenting on the athleticism of it, which is awesome. Yeah. I always think it's funny that people, that we all sort of hate the, the Dodger rent because, you know, whether we like the movie or not, whatever, that is sort of the origin story for all of our leagues. Yeah. I mean, we may have paid dodgeball, you know, in middle school or grade school or wherever, but like, you know, that movie came along and that started, you know, a bunch of people starting being like, oh, Maybe I should do some social leagues with this dodgeball. And that's, you know, sort of where we all have come from. So it's like we do sort of owe a little bit to that movie. Uh, whether we like, you know, we've, we've moved past it, but it is sort of the, the onus or the beginnings of all, a lot of us. Um, you know, some of us maybe started before that, like like you. Um, but a lot of us sort of came out where our leagues were sort of born from that movie in a way. Oh, for sure. Um, the thing that, I mean... I love Jeff, Jeff's play and that was amazing. And it was great, you know, publicity, but there was so, the, the other thing was just, there were so many good plays in that, in that little exhibition, you know, 35, 40 minutes, whatever they ended up playing. Uh, you know, I, I think Cody said had like three catches that were just like out of this world. Uh, Jeff Sexton had like an amazing catch. Uh, it was just, it was awesome to see. It was, they were, you know, they're the best for the, you know, all those people are on that team for a good reason. They're all the best players in the country. And I think they all at some point showed off how good they are. And that's what we want. We want people to see dodgeball as, you know, that's the peak athleticism. And go back to what you said about the movie. Like my, my whole attitude towards that has changed in the sense that, um, you know, I, I used to get really upset when somebody was like, Oh, just like the movie. I'm like, yeah, actually just like the movie. Cause that's, that's them trying to connect. Like they have no other, yeah basis to to reference for you so they can't say oh just like the ndl or oh just like elite like they're trying to actually connect with you now sometimes people take it a little bit overboard but for the most part i've realized they're just trying to uh you know carry the conversation and, and participate and engage with you and seeing that in the threads is like oh instead of saying oh you think you could beat us it should be more like hey you should come out and play it's fun you know here's here's yeah. the link and I've, i have seen a lot of uh People like like Chris, I think, uh, even Sydney from Canada, like kind of maybe pointing people towards the right direction, which is good, which is that's how you, you capture people. But um, yeah, it's we we definitely owe a lot to the movie, and uh, yeah, it can get it can get old. But if you look at what it's done for us, even even like the NDL, like we would, I don't think we'd be here if not for those two things. So um, yeah, you, you have to trip or whatever, stumble to to walk or whatever that saying is. No, I I immediately started running when I was, as soon as I stood up. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna. I'm gonna so take that. I mean, all those little baby steps of you know things that we've done or things that have been done before. Uh, I say we because not really me. I've done that. Ain't nothing except for play tournaments. But you know, all the things that all the people that have you know contributed to 
to dodgeball over the years. It's really amazing where we are now. Um, and we're about to have two different full USA teams travel up to Canada and hopefully win. I think Jake said six different possible medals. I think there's six different medals you could possibly win. Is that right? Men's and women's foam. No, st- well, men's and women's cloth, cloth and then and then men's and women's or I mean co-ed cloth and foam. So yeah, there's six possible different medals that could be won. So that's pretty amazing. Uh, how far it's grown and how I'm not sure. I don't know if they've released or how many countries are showing up, uh, but I imagine there's more countries than there were the last time we did this because all the cloth teams, all the cloth countries are coming. I think so. That's that's gonna be really exciting and. You know, hopefully it, you know, hopefully it, it pushes the needle enough for like ESPN to be more interested in this kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe they want to go film the next time there's a tournament or, you know, but that's just, it's super exciting. I mean, that's how this sport is going to take the next lap, the next leap. And And for me, in terms of like production value, it was nice to sort of see, it was so nice to not see it as just a GoPro on the wall. And to have you know two different cameramen on both sides and a you know an upper angle and you could just sort of see how this sport could grow visually, um, which goes back to the whole Chris Bell conversation of like building a stadium that is built to film dodgeball, yep. um, which is the net you know is the future step you know dodgeball built stadiums which would be I don't know maybe not in my lifetime but that would be pretty amazing. I think uh, it's funny because I was actually going to, it's in the notes to ask you about, you know, how would you perceive or how would you produce quality dodgeball television? And one, one of the arguments that I've always had or, or, or um, bits, I guess, is you have to give people a reason to give a crap about this one team. And I don't, you can't do that through the GoPro footage that's on YouTube. Like you have to show the personalities. Yeah. You have to show like, so for, for example, for now, um, the people I see doing it constantly is, um, oh my gosh, he's, he's going to kill me. I'm I'm embarrassed now. Um, wow. This is embarrassing. Um, he's he's on heat. No, I'm going to own it. Um, wow. Sean. No, he, he, he like, he's on heat. Um, Connor, Jesus, man. Connor, Connor I'm so sorry, man. Yeah, Connor Lou. He, um, you know, he's he's got people reacting to his TikToks. You've got uh, Vince taking on TikTok now. I think I saw Lucas mm-hmm. in a couple. So it definitely helps because when you see them show up again on, you know, maybe the next sports center, you're like, I know this guy. I've seen this guy. But I follow him on TikTok. Yeah. So yeah, me... I, mean, I get people sending those videos. You know, I get people sending. Connor's videos or Vince videos or, or Lucas videos to me every once in a while and be like, Oh, look at this cool video. I'm like, I, know I actually guy. know that guy. Yep. That, that guy I've, I've talked to actually in the podcast or like, you know, I, I played with Vince at nationals two years ago. You know, like they're, you know, it, it's sort of exciting. You have this like personal connection for these people. And I love seeing those videos, and, you know, especially when you start seeing the numbers, uh, you know, Vince and, and Connor have, you know, multi-million views on some of the videos. Um, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of likes. Uh, it's pretty amazing um, when you start seeing that kind of stuff. And that's how the sport's going to grow. You know, the more eyes you get to it, the the more they're going to, people are going to enjoy it. But I do think the way it grows is, you know, we need, you know, 
we need people to bring multiple GoPros to tournaments and we need to have multiple angles so that you can actually catch, you know, different angles of some making a double catch or you, you know, that one single stationary camera at the back where people are walking through it half the time, or, you know, it just doesn't, doesn't translate the sport. You can't tell the speed of the ball. Um, you can't see the amazing move or the amazing dodge that someone does. Um, it's pretty amazing how many different, I mean, Connor's a really good player and he does do really amazing moves in terms of dodges. And he may, he has a throw that has a bunch of, of movement to it. So it's, it really plays well to slow motion and stuff like that. And he's got a lot of good angles on his shot on his throws. So that stuff really plays off well, but I think eventually, you know, if we can get to the point where people are bringing, you know, if we had GoPros in all four corners recording at all times, I know that's, there was a point where Mark was doing that for tournaments for elite, putting the GoPros in the corners and him and Vince and him and Glenn, I think we're editing those and, and commentating on it. Um, and maybe that's where we get back to it. You know, GoPros are better quality. Maybe we start recording it, recording it at higher resolution with higher frame rates so you can slow stuff down. Um, but the ESPN stuff, you know, they clearly had good angles. They were able to go, I think the, the angle that they were able to get sort of upper, upper left above the court is an angle you don't get normally with like the GoPros that, that we get. And it's, it's when we can start getting those different angles that you can see everything better. That's where I think everything starts to become really, really good. Um, and really exciting because for the for the novice who hasn't watched i think it's really hard to sort of see how fast the ball is moving and also you know there's six balls it's like it's why cornhole is like so easy for people to watch because it's one camera and it's one bag and it flies through the air and it either lands in the hole or it lands on the board and it's like okay i get it i get what happened it's easy to follow huh? uh, it's so easy to follow it's i mean yeah. it's just so simple dodgeball is a much more complex sport i mean there's not really a sport out there that moves like that. And uh, I think the sport that it sort of compares to the most in terms of like uh, speed and translatability is hockey. Hockey's one of those sports, I don't know if you watch hockey at all, but before standard, before high definition televisions, hockey was like really hard to watch on television. And now it's really gotten a lot better because you can really see the puck and you can see how fast people are moving and you can see you can see how fast things are going. And I think that's the thing that I thought the ESPN cameras were able to pick up, you can see how fast the balls were moving. And, you know, it was also interesting, Jake versus the, I don't know what the, the guy's name who was commenting with Jake, you know, Jake was able to follow the action was like, Oh, that, that guy's out and that guy's out. Oh, Andrew got dodged that ball. And the other guy was like, what happened? And who? And uh, number seven. Uh, so it was sort of interesting to see that as well. It definitely helps having somebody that can actually, kind of speak to their personalities too um mm -hmm. yeah it's i remember talking to um eric tillman's about how what what turned it around for for football and televised football broadcasts is because i guess um there was a time when they you know the the traditional i guess like i don't know what kind of you would say like the side view that we have that, that we see now yeah it was not like that it mm -hmm. was i guess like man i'm really bad at geometry all of a sudden 
it was from end zone to end zone and you couldn't tell what the hell's yeah. going on. But then when you look at this, he's like, it became a story, like every, every chapter or whatever, excuse me, the story revolved around the quarterback. So you watch what he's doing and then he passes it or hands it off and you see where they're trying to go. Like the camera leads you to where the action is going to take place. And so heck of a ask for, for dodgeball. But you know, again, like you're saying, if you can capture some of the things that you don't see in a GoPro and obviously we're not, by any means like dissing on anybody that that produces content because you know thank you more of that's going to help but yeah it needs to be uh showcased like that and to the ndl's credit they they did try that in 2006 like um he did actually take a lot of the money that he made and he put it towards i think hiring a camera crew of like three espn like high quality sports cameras but the problem was that we used stingers at the time. We used four stingers and two blockers and good luck pick. And they were red. And it was also like in a very yeah. badly lit uh, venue. So he, there was just so many things that would probably cause you to just die. You'd probably just have a heart attack when you look at the production value, which is, it, it was sad because it, it had a lot of potential. Uh, his vision was, 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 you know, there. It just, the execution was, was not. And um, you would see basically somebody run up and throw air and then you see somebody like dodge air and you, you might hear the impact, but that's, that was a, now that, that was, you know, almost man, 20 years ago. So yeah. I remember, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the person who did, I guess the, the best probably production value was, was probably the sky zone I was really in say Chicago, that. Yep. you know, and that was Eric, right. And his team of, uh, mad city did that. I believe so. Right? And that, that's yeah. for me, that was like, with the with the addition of Sports Center or not Sports Center, the Ocho and what we were treated to with um, UDC, that's how we want the dodgeball athletes to be portrayed. Because even like I think a clip showed up of Loft with like Brenda and um, Rachel and oh my gosh, I, I forgot the other. Yeah, two. I saw that. They're like their little uh, promo, like not little, not the promo, but their little uh, like big net like shot hero. Their hero shot yeah. setup. Is that what they're called? Hero shots? Yeah, that's what those would be called. Okay. Yeah, that was really uh, cool. Like just zooming in on them, showing a little bit of personality, and then boom, mm-hmm. the game. Like that was so fun to watch. And that that's, you know, I, I, I called it at the time like the Monday night football treatment. You know, like you see that all the time. Like you see, you know, the the athletes being interviewed, you give them like I guess the hero shot, or they do some kind of weird graphic because they have the money and production value to do that. But obviously it's established, you know, why you care about the Dallas Cowboys or why you care about, you know, these other teams. So I, I hope we get there. And I, I really think this was a great step forward into that. So, um, yeah. And that, that goes also back to sort of like the, the dodgeball stadium thing, which was like, why one of the reasons that setup worked so well is they had the cameras, they were able to set up and film in a controlled environment. And, and you had good angles for all those throws and all those catches and they were able to cut between the different cameras, you know, you know, it becomes much more interesting when there's a flow to it and you can move, like the cameras can move and you can see close-ups and you can see slow-mos and, you know, that's just the one thing we just don't have if one, you know, if one person throws a GoPro up on the back wall. But if we have, you know, four or five people throwing up GoPros, you know, suddenly we can cut it together and, you know, make it look a lot better and it moves and you can see different angles and, you see the intricacies of the sport, it, it becomes a lot more interesting. I mean, nothing's really that interesting if you just watch, I mean, imagine you watch a TV show, there's just one camera. So. 
I'm trying to picture that right now. I'm like, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm thinking about it actually, but then like 1917, which is like one of my favorite movies in the last five years, is, is one camera angle the whole movie, but it has movement to it. So. I don't oh, know if you ever seen that movie? I saw the the, the I think the one trailer everyone saw where like that dude's running through the the trenches and just like that was all one shot. Holy crap! Wow. The whole movie is the whole movie is portrayed as one shot. So you, there's really like very hard, very. I've seen it three or four times. You can see the cut points in that uh, afterwards. But when you're watching it, when you're fully immersed the first time, you re- it's sort of hard to see where the cut points are. It has sort of a feel of a, a video game where you're sort of omniscient omnisciently watching these guys get through their whole journey. It, it's pretty amazing. I, I would highly recommend watching it. I'll have to check it uh, out. Been been in the mood it's for a thoroughly enjoyable movie. Been in the mood for a good movie. I just finished um Stranger Things. Have you seen that? You fan? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I dropped off I've been, Oh good. Uh, I've been playing golf uh, in my free time, which is pretty rare, but I found this like little little window where I can go play super early before work and get around in with my friends and then go to work. And uh, my friends and I, when when you get into a point where you've like hit two or three bad shots in a row, you're we call it the sunken place, which is just there's no sport like golf. I don't know if you ever played it, where it's like more mental and you can just get into this point where you're just like in your own head. Uh, it's pretty interesting in terms of that. Oh yeah, no, I um. I've stayed away from golf because I, I can do really well, but the second I hit a tree, it's just downhill and I don't, I, I, exactly. I just, Sunk, the sunken place. Yep. I'm done. And, um, I'm trying to secretly trying to pick up my golf game, golf game a little bit so I can play with my, my dad a little bit more. And then, uh, just, to, you know, to slowly find that other thing that's going to carry me through post dodgeball. But, um, yeah, exactly. I, I have to, my, my short game's terrible. I can't pitch to save my life yet. I'll, I'll get it. It's back. all practice. It's all, uh, it's all practice and getting out of your own head. Yep. That's my feeling. Your head is, is your like almost like your biggest negative in terms of golf. Whereas in dodgeball, it's like such a, you know, such a big advantage using your brain, where you're going to put it, where you're going to place it, who you're going after. It's like the total opposite. You want to think about what you're going to do. And then you want to stop thinking about what you're going to do. Whereas dodgeball, you're always thinking, at least I feel like you're always thinking. Yeah. See, um, I'm, I'm not, I go completely mindless in dodgeball and that's when I have the most fun. And that's yeah. why. Well, that's also fun too. There's also that. Yeah. Some of my, some of my best moments and plays were just complete instinct. But maybe one day I'll actually get cerebral and uh, step it up a little bit. But uh, I think uh, I didn't really have too much of a <clears throat> not, not an agenda. Um, mostly just you know quick check in, um, let the world know we're both alive. Um, I, I do have every intention to put together um, East, West, North and South panels, uh, men's and women's to kind of recap just the entire season for lack of better words, mm-hmm. um, start picking out some of those teams and, and, you know, get me out of, you know, 2019 mode. Um, but I would say like overall, um, you know, this was like the start and just to kind of go back and, and talk about teams and sport and, and, and regions. Um, I'll lead into this question with, with my take on the West and I'll get yours on the East and then uh, eventually we'll 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 move forward. But uh, with the West, I feel like um, I feel like the power is still there. It's it's definitely scattered. Um, I'm curious what will come in October because you know we have a lot of the athletes kind of prioritizing worlds 
versus round three and obviously whatever tournaments could have popped up between now and then because i feel like october is still a long time away it's probably gonna be here in the blink of an eye but i do feel like we're when we go to nationals we're gonna see west dominance like normal what are your thoughts are you considering anarchy west Mm. no and are we talking open right now are we talking across the ball all all multiple ball types I'm thinking because I I don't think there's a I think if we're just talking about open 8.5 I think if you're going to tier system the teams I think anarchy is a in a tier by themselves right now in terms of 8.5 with the addition of Tim moving Billy back to the middle having Tim and Mikey on the corners with with uh Billy and Casey and Brendan and Joe and and Armando. I, I don't think I think they're in a tier above them by themselves. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Thieves. Uh, maybe Catchem's team. Uh, maybe Shred. But to me, those guys are like a, like a slight tier below them. Uh, and listen, Anarchy's never done it. They've never won the East. They've never won a Nationals. I know that they've. I think they've been around for three or four seasons. Um, so we'll see. They haven't done it. But the way they played in round one in the West, then round one in the East, and they won the South, and they won FDC in Mexico. And I know they had planned to go to one of the rounds in the North. Um, those guys are just, they're scary. I mean, they're scary when they are on the front foot with an 8.5 ball. That is a, is a scary team when they are playing the way they want to play. And I don't, you know, I watched, you were at round one. I watched round one highlights from the West. It didn't seem like Catchum's team could keep up with them. Now, maybe I'm wrong and I wasn't there, so it's hard for me to tell, but that's the perception I got. Uh, I did think it was interesting seeing shred speed anarchy up and anarchy sort of got out of their comfort zone in no blocking so that was kind of interesting but who who do you think gives anarchy if if we're going to say anarchy is one of the best teams who do you think gives them the best run for their money hmm. is it the thieves? is it the new thieves team that that won round two is it the new is it the I think it's gotta be thieves because that's that's what held them in round one and then round two well thieves didn't the full thieves team didn't play round one right because i guess vince vince wasn't there for round one um i don't think vince made round one for some maybe i'm wrong let me see if i can pull up the i don't think he was either So to go back to my comment, like I'm not saying West will take first. I'm I'm still under the strong conviction that there'll be more West teams in the top ten. I think that's that a problem. I think that's a correct statement. I think that's a correct statement. Yeah, because I mean I would be surprised to see Catchem's team, whatever they're called, Hex, whatever their name is, Thieves, Rain Rainbows. 
I forgetting anybody? These Those three for sure. Heroes. See, I, all I remember was Strom, Stromboli, bro, Broccoli, or whatever. Um, and then I think... Uh, and then I think the, the secondary teams are all really good, too. I think uh, Alex Alvarez's team, which I think is I think Arsenal now still, I think is a really good team. Uh, probably would be in that sort of second tier if they were in the East. Probably in like the second, you know, they probably, you know, be competing for, you know, maybe to go to the finals in the East. Um, I think... There's another team. Oh, LA Raiders, I think, probably would be in that same sort of range where they're sort of competing and probably Elevation probably competes somewhere close to there as well. So, like, those six teams probably definitely are stronger six than any other region. Definitely stronger than the East, definitely stronger than the South. And the North, the North is like a three, a three person, is it like a three team division, I think, right now? Really, with with task force, Kraken and Dynasty, Dynasty task force, and uh, Notorious. Kraken still there. Right? Kraken's still there, but I don't know if I. I think those three teams that I just named were probably are probably the top three, with Kraken and Final Justice sort of bringing up the next group of people. Um, in the East. It, it's the top two of Anarchy and Shred, and then I think there's like a group of three of, of, or sorry, Arkham and I mean Anarchy and Shred, and then Arkham, uh, Clutch Mode and Goat are sort of the next tier, and in the South it's still really Outsiders is the only team in the South, um, but I still think you know like I think Outsiders can give people a run, can give almost any team in the country a run for their money. I think Anarchy, I think Shred can give it, you know, it's still the same six to seven teams that we probably would have said were the best six or seven teams are still going to be the same six to seven teams that are competing for the national championship come October, right? Yep. It's still going to be Ketchup's team. It's going to be, you know, I guess Thieves is probably not Vince's team, but I'll call it Vince's team. Uh, it's going to be Outsiders. It's going to be Task Force. It's going to be Anarchy, and it's going to be Shred. Those are probably the the best six in the country, and I think those probably were the best six minus Rise, I guess. Now we would have said Rise before, but they're no longer a team, and maybe Rainbows slides into that spot. It's, it's going to be. So I'm going to I'm going to write these down. We listen when I when I edit this, and then we'll revisit this after. You know, we do like the. West, uh, West, North, South, East season recap and see if that changes. Because uh -huh. obviously, talking, going more into the weeds, looking at some of the matchups, um, if we can, you know, procure some of the brackets um, and jog the memory a little bit more, I wonder if that will, opinion will change. But, uh, you know, I've got the West Coast bias. That's not going to change. I'd like to ask, ask you a question about round three. How did you, did you miss 8.5? Playing a Premier League with an eight, without eight point five, or did you like playing uh, and no sting and foam, which is clearly where we're probably going towards 
whether it be next year or the year afterwards, 8.5 is probably going to be phased out. And I know that the West is more inclined to do that. The North and the East still love their 8.5. I don't know how much the West does. Um, did you enjoy playing a tournament without 8.5 or did you miss the 8.5? I know that you're still an 8.5 loyalist or maybe you're not anymore. I don't know if you've moved on to, to Cactus Foam. I have uh, moved on out of necessity. I will always, always have 8.5 in my heart. Um, I think the older but that I get, did you miss though, the tournament without without 8.5, or you were fine with that? Um, the the thing with round three is it was so different because, like I said earlier, there 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 weren't any real, with the exception of Raiders, there weren't any other like West Coast teams. Like even my team was, um, me and Joe you were the only. Rain, you don't consider Rain and Fortune. Okay, uh, West Coast teams. Southwest. There you go. West Coast gotcha. teams. Um, yeah, obviously Rainbows being, you know, that's their where they're from. Um, it just felt like a different tournament entirely. So I, it it didn't mm-hmm. look at like oh I I miss eight point five. It's like oh, okay cool I'm playing dodgeball, completely different team minus me and Joe. Just gonna go out here and and you know hopefully not get destroyed and just. I don't want to say see it as practice, but just you know a chance to to, to compete again. If if it was like in in LA or here in Phoenix and we did not do eight point five, I think I'd feel like something was missing. I don't mm-hmm. think answers the question. So it sort of felt like you're playing like a Seattle tournament, like a what is the Seattle tournament called? Though the thing they have that Seattle the thing, yeah. Crush it's like you're or... playing a the thing, as opposed to playing a premier or elite tournament, almost. Yeah, it almost didn't feel. Yeah, it, it almost it, it didn't feel like a traditional tournament just because so many people that I'm familiar with were missing. But if you look at the teams that were, you know, a part of the uh, Pacific Northwest, like the competition is definitely there. And you know, I hope that we get to see a lot of the teams like Misfits um, and, and some of the teams that we don't normally talk about showing up in the nationals and, and representing. Did any Canadian teams come down for the round three? Like, I know that foam is so low, so big in Canada, especially like sort of in that, want to say region north of of seattle that i thought i was wondering whether any any canadian teams came or or not i believe some did i I couldn't tell you um yeah yeah that's that's something again gotta get gotta get better at that with uh recognizing who's who like i'm pretty sure there were some at least canadian players playing Mm -hmm. definitely It'll be interesting seeing Cody Foley play for Team Canada. Trader, yeah, that one of our fun. one of our old own playing for Team Canada, which will be interesting. Yeah, I always enjoy that. That's another player I really enjoy watching playing with or playing against. Yeah, World is going to be fun. That that's a whole nother with the panels uh, and the recaps. Definitely want to start pulling some uh, some Team USA members and getting some some insight. Leading up to to Worlds in the next uh, what two weeks? I would love for Team USA to put out a uh, a cloth rules. Like I, I don't know if that's somewhere out there that you can you can see it, but I'd love to look at the rule set for cloth because every time I see someone post something about the cloth rule set, I'm always sort of surprised. But I don't know if you saw Vince's video where I, I'm not going to get this exactly right, but on the rush, if you like cross the line or something, the player 
you either have to give them all the balls or they get to start with the ball or something. Uh, there was something interesting. And I don't know. It just seemed like it was like it's just such a it's so different rule types, some different rule types that are just so different. But it'll be interesting to see how Team USA does in cloth because I think the rules might be very different for the way we played our whole lives. So that's going to be, I think, really interesting. I really do like Vince's, like, what's the call? videos. Yeah, those are really cool. His, yeah, he uh, does a really good job with them. I was really impressed with his, like, how to throw and generate more power video because he the visuals he did where it's mm -hmm. like, you know, obviously you're torquing with your, with your left hip if you're right-armed and you're with your shoulder and the way he like the little graphic he did showing the circular motion. I was like, that's really freaking cool. Like I, if I had, if I ever had people asking me how to play dodgeball, how to get better, I'm just going to start sending them to, to Vince's handle. So I don't know if he will do it. Uh, because he still clearly can play, but I, I think he, he could be a really good coach if he wanted to, uh, in the future. I mean, I, I'm not trying to tell him to quit dodgeball at any point in time. I think if he if he wanted to, I think he really does have a future in terms of coaching, because I think he can explain stuff really well, um, and he's done a really good job in a lot of those videos. So, yeah, no, I mean that's I, I think that's going to be a landing place for for many players that have been playing for so long. They just coach in some capacity. And I remember talking to Katie Evans about this or Katie Sanchez a couple of years ago. Like, what's you know, like it's weird when you look at like the evolution of dodgeball. Like first the the thing that established dodgeball was a rule set. Then it became tournaments. Then it became like uniforms. Then you saw people wearing knee pads. Then you saw people like, you know, just doing all these little like things that build up to the actual sport. And so we were wondering like, what's the next big step? Like what, what's the next evolution of a team? You know, is it social it's media? Coaching. Exactly. It's yep. It's coaching. So yeah. when we see that, then we'll probably, probably see some of the, and the your OGs. coaching becomes a lot better and coaching becomes a lot easier when everyone is recording and you can, you can analyze how teams play and, you know, you know, I'm not just scourging through different teams videos and trying to pick up plays that they have or steal their plays or, or do things like that. You know, when everyone's got their videos up there, you know, everyone's doing that. Uh, so. I'm trying to look at It'll the uh, 34 page rule book and I, I don't think they, they don't have like a specific cloth rule set. It seems like there are quite a few, like I know there's one rule set. I know there's one rule that uh, I think is kind of an interesting rule, but it also is flawed at some point as well, which is if you, if you throw a ball and it's not within five feet of a player, you're on, that's you're an out. Uh, yeah. That one's gotta be rough. Like well, any... especially cause the cloth balls, I don't know how much of you played with cloth balls, but the one time I played with it, you know, the ball can slip out of your hand sometimes. Um, and so if I go to throw the ball and I, it slips out of my hand, that's deemed as a throw. And if it doesn't land within five foot feet of somebody, I'm out, which, you know, can be kind of crazy. I think, see this thing, like, is it up to ref interpretation? Like, if I'm refing you, I'm like, my, oh, okay, I know that totally slipped out of his hands. He didn't do that on purpose. No, so my understanding is that if, if you make a throwing motion, it doesn't land within five feet. You're out. I know that it was another one of those ones where Vince posted a video of, of Glenn doing where he went to throw the ball and it slipped out of his hand. And, uh, he was like, he'd be out if it, 
if this was in worlds. I thought that was just more funny oh. than anything, but yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. You, you don't want to go down like that. No, like imagine if that's how you, you know, like, Whew. you know, you lose the finals because of that, you know, you go to throw and the ball slips out of your hand, doesn't land within five feet of the guy and you're, that's how you lose nationals or mm. worlds. Let that haunt you forever. Kind of crazy. <laughs> that's worse than like yeah. stepping out of bounds on accident. I know. Against Chad. Grand Kansas so, Games 2009. <laughs> it, it doesn't haunt you at all. Anymore. No, no, I'm totally over it. <laughs> barely ever think about it. Nope. Rarely crosses my mind. <laughs> but, well, man, um, probably going to have to wrap it up because I know, you know, I could talk for like... Because we're going out two hours now? Yeah, exactly. At least the, the recorded version. Um, a couple things, though. I think I volunteered, volunteered you for an OG panel. You, Edgar... Um, yeah, other... I definitely would love to do that. And Alfred. And Alfred. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah. So. Hey, we should probably throw someone like Josh in there as well. It'd be good to throw Josh's perspective because he's been there as long as well. I don't know if five is too many, but someone someone else who's been there a long time is is, in the, is Josh. He's been around for a, ever on the East. So. Yeah, no, for sure. Throw him in. I was going to say, like, just uh, people of your own choosing recommendations. Um, that will probably be towards, you know, after, maybe after nationals just to mm-hmm. keep us going through the rest of the year but um yeah putting you on the spot now so you can't back out obviously you're not trying so i'm just gonna let it go but yeah you edgar josh alfred if you guys be down um yeah figure out what we could do for the the women's og panel as well because those are fun and hearing you guys your your versions is awesome to imagine the parallels that we all went through but um aside from that Definitely want to. I already reached out to, to Frankie and um, definitely know um, Brian Baker has his express interest, poor guy, like months ago. So we'll, we'll put together some East Coast panels, <clears throat> men's and women's. For sure. Um, and then we'll, we'll go from there, man. But um, before we wrap up, anything you want to leave us with for now, for the time being? Uh, I still do have plans to do this video podcast or video series. I'll leave it at that. I had two people that were who were very into it and uh, both got mad at me that I never sort of put it, put it all together, but I do have the visions of doing it. And uh, I think it can be really interesting. So I'll put that, put that out there and hopefully that forces me to do it. There you go. You hold those, your feet to the fire. And those two co-hosts, I definitely will do it. I do want to do it. So I'm not backing out of it. Nice. Awesome. All right, man. Well, I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and end the uh, discussion here. All right, so that was a check-in with uh, Justin. And Justin, thanks so much for, for hopping on, man, and, and kind of just you know uh, catching up. It was really awesome being able to do that with you offline and, and online and getting a feel for uh, for you know the days of old when we'd just go back and forth talking about dodgeball and, and, and teams and, and showings uh, for hours on end. And really looking forward to doing that um, in the next couple months with the, um, the Northwest, South, and East uh, recaps. I already started reaching out to some of the panelists. Um, I know I've said this before, but I think once we actually start doing these, um, we'll probably get a little more uh, traction going and consistency. But definitely let me know if you want to be part of this. Um, if you've touched base with me, I'm already tracking you, so I'll, I'll shoot you a message. And um, yeah, we'll we'll get through a couple of interviews. I know Sergio's got more coming down the pipeline because that man is a machine. Thank you, Sergio. And uh, you know we'll start talking about worlds. And we'll get into nationals and man, probably before we know it, it'll be November. So it'll be FDC time. But anyway, 
I'm rambling, so I'm going to call it a night. Uh, if you're still with me, thanks for so thanks for so much. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Before we know it, so I have no idea what I'm saying or where I'm going with this, so I'm going to start over. <clears throat> Got Kane's rating for me. I'm really, really distracted right now. Uh, opening, uh, ah, closing in three, two, one.